Welcome to CHN Radio, episode 38, the Curtis Good podcast episode. Yeah, dropping that one for you, everybody. We are, uh, we're going to try to keep this lively, but I'm warning you now, this will be a depressing podcast. No, it won't. Um, yes, it will. No, it won't. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> it's going to be depressing. <laughs> I'm not going to be depressed at all about it. I'm actually looking forward to this podcast, so... Yeah, well, I'm going to make it depressing. Oh, well. So, I mean, we had a player that was going to sign that didn't. We we got eliminated again by the FA Cup, and now we're playing a team that's good. Okay, right. are you shocked by any of those? No, but that's what's okay. depressing about it. Oh, I mean, I'm just saying. It makes it depressing. <laughs> if you lower expectations, then, like. You cannot lower your expectations more unless you're in League One. I'm just, I mean, my expectations of us signing a player were pretty low. So I wasn't that shocked when the loan move didn't happen. We'll talk no, you, about that. One. You can't say that because we literally previewed him. Okay, that's true. We did. <laughs> and we because said, they, oh, yeah, he had his medical. tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay, okay. That's fair. We were certain. <laughs> yeah. But, so that's a preview for what we're going to talk about today. Uh, before we really get into it, give us a follow at Coming Home NUFC and our podcast account finally hit triple digit followers. So thanks for that. Let's keep that going. Um, it's at CHN underscore radio. You can go to our website, comminghomenewcastle.com. Pretty grand stuff. Also, we are approaching the month of February and February 22nd to the 24th, we are going to Denver. We're going to do a live show there. Uh, it's going to be fantastic because we're going to be sitting next to Warren Barton doing it going to be a lot of banter there we really hope you guys can come out uh let us know if you are coming we want to know uh one of you i guess we'll get to split an airbnb with elijah um yeah, yeah. since we're doing it, this every yeah. episode oh yeah uh, yeah oh yeah you, we're also going to do some we're going to be doing some giveaways you'll have a chance to take a picture and autograph signings with warren there's going to be a lot of stuff and uh, we, you'll hear within the next few pods some some things that we're going to be doing leading up to it. So definitely let us know if you're going because we will keep you in mind for any of the fun things that we will be receiving. So yeah. Well, let's get into it first. We're going to start with our youngster left back, Jamie Sterry. He is going to crew Alexandria again. It's his second loan spell there. He did uh, nine matches last year for crew and he is going for the second half of the season again this year so we'll keep you updated on that do you have any thoughts on him going to the same club again i, I think we had our, our suspicions that he really wasn't going to be in the first team plans um i mean he played decent in both the cup matches but nothing that was like that screamed this guy's from really gritty so i'm not surprised he's going back out on loan um but yeah so I mean, fair play to him. I think 
it's one of those situations where, you know, next season he gets another shot and he doesn't put it all together, then, you know, maybe you consider moving on. But, I mean, at this point, I'm just happy that he's able to get some game time. I hope he gets a little bit more appearances, and I think he will. I think he'll get more than nine. Yeah, um, I I really do – or I really did think highly of him, uh, that I thought he was going to be like a long staff type guy where I thought he was going to make it. And I would say um, that he has less than impressed in his appearances so far this year. There's plenty of circumstances that come into that. That's not entirely his fault, but you hope to, that, that he does well in this. And you don't want to see him get loaned to the same club again. You want him to improve off of that. But, you know, in yeah. that situation, I, I just it is what it is type of thing. All right, let's get into the, the big meat of it. Um, you have a lot of things on this, Elijah Toonsome, Brutesome, Newsome. Yeah. Um, but Jordan, not Roman. Yeah. It's, that's not his name. <laughs> You said Roman Lukaku. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you were today. Ooh. Today, it has been an interesting one in my household. Uh, just to say, bit through the urgent care, it, it's just been a, a crazy, crazy one today. Oh yeah. But so Romelu, <laughs> okay, Lukaku, not him, <laughs> his brother Jordan. Uh, so it, it, it didn't happen. It's yeah, another person where the ball. Rolled along the line, but couldn't get it over. <laughs> Which is, I think the funniest part about this is that, like, there were people who were listening to, because the way it happened is, like, I you could probably imagine a lot of our U.S. listeners were listening to this podcast as this loan move fell apart. Because it was, like, essentially yeah. like that next morning, like, mid-afternoon, that loan yeah. move just, like, fell apart. And it was really the afternoon. So, like, if you were listening to this on your drive home, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. And then you, like, open up Twitter and you're like, oh, I guess that whole entire preview and analysis of how he fits in with the team was for nothing. So, yeah, good for yeah. us. And uh, are you going to talk about the Lee Charnley quote from Rafa? What, the, what, what are you talking about? Okay, so there was, a, there was a quote that they asked Rafa about. Um, they asked him about Jordan Lukaku, and I don't know if this is real. I'm trying to find it now just to verify. Cause are I, you talking about the one that was like Lee Charnley should know? Ask, you should ask Lee Charnley. That was fake. That was a dude uh, who just like trolled okay. everyone. Because then, like, I was just it, looking for it now. I couldn't see anything, so I was like, hmm, I think yeah. it might have been fake. Yeah, because I, w- I did some further investigating because I'm okay. sleuth. And yeah. uh, one, he didn't talk to BBC after the match about that. They asked him only about the match. And two, he put underneath it when Lee Charnley was asked about it. He said Rafa should know something, and I was like, Lee Charlie doesn't do interviews, so yeah, that was like the first giveaway. And then I scrolled down, and then everyone was like, Ah, you got him! Uh, I fell for it, and I was like, Okay, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, for, if you've been living underneath a rock, basically this Lukaku deal got pulled at the last minute, reportedly over a failed medical, which is something that you can take you can take as you want to, I guess, because. There's one camp that's like, okay, they're, they're, like we mentioned, there are some legitimate medical issues with Lukaku. Um, like he, uh, he, was, um, he had the knee injuries, and apparently he was overweight um, is what some, some sources are saying, that he was a little bit overweight. And then you could also take it um, in you know, the more pessimistic, more Newcastle way, 
And there's been a few reporters that are like, you know, you can say someone failed a medical and that can just be a reason for like the, the loan move or transfer move not working. And it could be something completely different, like contracts or agent stuff, blah, blah, blah. And so there's kind of two sides to it. And you kind of have to just use your best judgment. I think it's interesting because they said there was a number thrown out there. And I don't know if you saw this was six, six kilograms. kilograms. That's, that's 13 pounds. Yeah. That's not like a little bit overweight. That's like, that's a, that's a lot. Especially when you're more than a newborn baby overweight. Yeah. And, and like, especially when your, your whole basis of your game is speed, then like, I understand that. So, um, so there, and, and there's, and, you know, there's reasons to believe either side. So there's, there's some people uh, notably, and it seems like it's really more of the medical thing because a lot of the actual Newcastle reporters are saying that like, they're basically saying it's definitely a medical issue and um, like, don't believe anything else because that's probably his agent trying to make him seem more favorable. But both, like, both managers were asked about it. Um, and so the Lazio manager, Simeone Inzaghi, said that Lukaku was in good shape. Um, he said, along with the club, we agreed George had got a loan. He had some complications with Newcastle. He's going to return to being a Lazio player 100%. And then he said, um, Lukaku proved he was in good shape. Otherwise, he wouldn't have played against Napoli. And he expressed the desire to play more often. And I want only those who are enthusiastic to be here. I've been a player. I know what it's like. And they both acted beyond reproach of me. So basically, he's saying that on his end, it seemed like Lukaku was fine. And he wanted to leave. And that's why he, one, wasn't playing him. And two, let him leave. Because he didn't want people who didn't want to play, um, who weren't happy playing, um, you know, with his side. Yeah. And then Rafa pretty much was like, I know nothing about transfers. Like, that was, like, legitimately Rafa, people were asking him about transfers, and he literally said, I have no idea if any deals would get done. So, um, and this is similar to what we saw in the summer when I think Rafa had something similar. He said, I know as much as you do. Um, and he said the same thing last January. So, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, I know you aren't really too – keen on Lukaku in, in the first place? No, no, it's a it's a panic buy and for Newcastle. And but the the fact that it didn't work out is an absolute joke. Like it just shows like it was a panic buy, so it looked like a joke to us and then we couldn't even get the deal done and it looks like a joke. I mean you're <laughs> I like it just shows that there was no plan, no real there was no real plan to make this team better in January. Yeah. And, I mean, if, like, why are they sending scouts all over the world to scout these players, and then when it comes time to sign people, we go for guys on loan that we've never scouted or scouted once, like, a week ago? That's what I – that's – there's so many questions – about how things are run that just don't make sense to me from a long-term survival standpoint that I don't understand. I think this, this move is a joke that that player thinking that it's going to be a positive impacts a joke. I think all of it's a joke. Yeah. And, and I would say this, I do think part of it was like, like, and this is some of the, something that dirty South soccer guys have said that they like, one of them has 
a source within Atlanta United. And he basically said that, like, with not to beat a dead horse, but with the Almiron thing, like, the original deal, they had agreed to a deal internally. And it was, like, at whatever Atlanta United's price was, like, or, or at least closer to it. And it hinged completely on a takeover happening because it was, like, Mike Ashley basically said yes because he didn't expect to be in charge of the of the team in January. And I think that, like, if, like, a report like that gets out, then that means that, like, that's how he viewed January. So, like, all of these, like you were saying, like, we scout all these guys with no intent to actually buy them if Mike Ashley was there, if that makes sense. So, like, you have, like, the next one, uh, Stanley and Soki or whatever his name is. It's like a PSG left back. And that was a guy we've been tracking since, like, last summer. And it would seem like they were going to try to make a move for him initially to buy. Um, and that would have been a guy that would cost a good amount of money. He's like a 21-year-old, like, young French left back, plays for PSG, has a bright future. And it seems he's, like that was another deal. He's that 19. Was like, yeah, yeah. That was another deal that was like, if Mike Ashley's not in charge, then that's a deal that we pull the trigger on. That was, like, easily Rafa's first choice. That was the guy we've been linked to forever, even before yeah. the talk with Fischio stuff. And he, even for all that, he was, like, the left back Rafa wanted. And so it's the same thing over and over again. But yeah, so that leads us to the next news. Uh, we submitted a loan bid for him, which was rejected because PSG aren't really interested in loaning players. One outside of France, um, they're more of, if they're gonna they're gonna sell players rather than loan outside of France. Um, and then, as you know, Jelson Martins has joined Monaco. The latest news is that he actually never even talked to Newcastle. Uh, so <laughs> take that as you may. Uh, so that happened. Um, I don't, I mean, I kind of don't care about Jelson Martins. I mean, we'll see how he does in Monaco. I mean, have fun in Monaco. We'll see if he actually gets sold in the summer. Cause it seems like Atletico want to sell him. Um, and then we were linked to Yannick Balassi, which is like, I don't even know how to respond to that. Um, and I'm, I think that's a purchase. It'd have to be because we can't loan him in. Yeah, we can't. Um, he's coming from, he's, Coming back to Everton from Aston Villa, uh, and I think us and Crystal Palace are linked to him. I don't have any other information for that. I mean, for all we know, or for all I know, you might know something different, Elijah. But it could be just a made-up report from a reporter. But <laughs> I mean, that I, one, I don't know any other substance besides that. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are trashing because I don't really think Yannick Velasquez done that well in Aston Villa. So, um, so yeah. So there you go. Typical. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> it's – this is fun, isn't it? Yeah. This is fun, this Newcastle United thing. Yeah. So for Aston Villa, it looks like he has uh, 21 uh, appearances where he was on the bench. Um, nine or, – or he's played – or is it – I think he – 21 appearances where he's been named to the team sheet. Nine starts, two goals, four assists yellow cards average rating of 6.4 and this is a premier league player going out of the championship so this is a guy who's played in premier league and has like started for everton and so when you're at that rate you're supposed to start every game like when alexander Mitrovic, we loan him down to fulham he started every game played every game so you know you're expecting guys like that to play really well and now he's returning to everton and he doesn't look like he's in uh, any plans for everton's immediate future so 
yeah, that's another one where you're scraping at the bottom of the barrel. And then, um, of course, the Bereka, Berecha, those links have popped up again. And I don't even know if that's even true. It's just like that's the only other left-back target that people know that um, Newcastle were monitoring. And he didn't he didn't appear on the team sheet for Monaco this weekend after they fired Terry Henry and rehired the guy they fired Terry that they fired in order to hire Terry Henry. And so it doesn't look like he's gonna play in Monaco. Um, but as many people pointed out, there well not many people, there was one guy and I mentioned this Friday who said that he was actually he's worse than Manquillo was for Marseille. So take that as you want to. Um and then, which, whatever, then you have us linked with a Slavia Prague defender named Michael Nagude Nagudujui. I don't even know how to say that. Um, this is a link I wouldn't even pay attention to because he's a central defender and we have five center backs. <laughs> he also has played a good bit of D-mid in his career. I, I okay. looked that up. So, I, I mean, but it's primarily center back. So it would be interesting he has 24 national team caps too for Cameroon. Okay. Or something. <laughs> I guess. But I mean, I guess at that point, it's like, I'd rather play Fabian Shearer, defensive midfielder, than another guy. And then we're <laughs> talking about a guy who's in the Czech League. And granted, Slavia Prague's the best team in the, the Czech League this season, but still, like, it's the Czech League. And we, like, there's not a lot of great talent that comes out of the Czech League. So there you go. And then. Oh yeah, I just I just looked right now. So every appearance he's had this season has been center back. Yeah. So he's not he has not played any other position. So it, yeah. And so it it that looks like a a, a link that's like not something it I wouldn't would make sense. In. Yeah, it wouldn't make yeah. sense if we brought in another central defender. It almost didn't make sense this summer when unless, we brought in Fernandez. Unless, unless we're selling someone. Like, yeah, and the only central defender I could think that we'd possibly sell is Kieran Clark. But, I mean, there's really no point in selling Kieran Clark. Um, yeah. Beca- like, because, I don't know. There's, I mean, he's our third leading scorer. Why, why would we yeah, sell that? That's true. Um, <laughs> all right, almost to the news. Uh, yeah, Samaris loaned you. Uh, so we're, bank- we're linked back to Samaris, who was going to cost us 17.6 million pounds in the summer. That didn't happen. Uh, as Greg, Greg's pointed out this because we mentioned it earlier in the season, uh, because earlier in the season he hadn't made any appearances for Benfica, uh, who they're sitting second in uh, the Portuguese league. Um, he's made what one appearance, Greg, for Benfica? No, he's made he's made three, and he his of his three appearances, he's just started their last match that they that they played. I think it was like eight or nine days ago, he started and played a full 90. But before that, for the entire season, he only played a total of six minutes. Yeah. And so, I so mean, far he's played 96 minutes this season, which yeah. is still not good yeah. at all. And last season, I looked up last year too, he made four starts, like total. So, yeah. or sorry, three starts. He's had four starts this year and last year combined. That's what, what I meant to say. He would, <laughs> it, would be, it would be essentially another – Gomez situation. I think. Yeah, and and it it's one of those where it's like if people are trying to rag on Miguel Marone's quality with MLS, then like you would need to rag on this guy as well because uh, the Portuguese league is another selling league where it's like they acquire South American talent and then they just sell them. And like 
they have some teams that you know have a rich history. Benfica is one of them. Yeah, they have a great three or four. Right? Yeah, they do. Three and, or four clubs, and but then. even those three or four clubs, when it comes to regional competitions, they never make it past the uh, the um, the the group stages of any Champions League, Europa League. I mean, sometimes in Europa League they'll go far, um, but the Europa League's essentially a joke. So yeah, um, yeah. So that's something, and then. We'll get on this later. We'll touch on it later. There's three fan protests that are slated to take place. If you want to read about two of them, I guess, you can uh, – I wrote an article about it and the disorganization of it. But there's three. We know all three of them, um, and we'll get into that a little bit later. And then uh, just another biography on Mo Salah came out, and it we just found out more information about how that one-time Newcastle could have signed Mo Salah for 500,000 500, pounds. Um, and it was Mike Ashley. It was going to be a year-long loan to buy, I think. And Mike Ashley didn't want to pay the five hundred thousand. Yeah, Pardue thought it was a done deal. Yeah, and he he didn't know that it wasn't done. Like he walked away from the meeting and said, "Okay, we just got Mo Salah," and started building his team plans. And then found out later that Mike Ashley was like, "Nah, I'm not paying that fee." <laughs> yeah, and so that's. That's peak. That also goes like Deli Ali is another one that people bring up a lot. Also, the the guys who linked up, and this is interesting, the guys who linked up for the Watford first goal uh, are two guys Newcastle tried to sign in the past. (laughs) Or were interested in. Yeah. so You You could argue that every person that scores against us, we were interested in at one point. We were interested in Kelly and Mbappe. Yeah. People forget we were interested in him. We are interested in. No, so we're still interested in. Him. <laughs> a lot of interest surrounding. Uh, I saw this. So, uh, really cool story. We we didn't really touch. We didn't touch on it at all. Um, about Salah, uh, not the other Mo, Salah, Emiliano. He uh, about the plane crash for the for Cardiff, and I don't want to talk too much into it because it's still fluid. But they did reopen the search for him, and it was paid for by donations. And I noticed a lot of footballers, mainly French players, donated a lot of money to reopen the search. And basically they needed to raise a quarter of a million pounds to get the search back out there again, and they did that. And I saw Mbappe donated 30,000 pounds. Yeah, Uh, euros or pounds. No, I think it was pounds. Like, which is incredible that Kylian Mbappe, a a twenty-year-old, you know, is donating that much money to. I mean, for a guy that I mean, maybe they know each other, but at the most, you've just played against them. Yeah, and only a couple times. Well, yeah, so cool. And to kind of, I don't want to make a humorous thing about it, but. I could see Mike actually looking at that and said, nah, I'm not interested in paying that fee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, he um, yeah. That was a bad joke, but. Yeah. And I mean, and to be fair, and like I, Greg and I, we've talked about this off screen. The way the Premier League's handled this has been pretty bad. They're like not even like they feel, it's almost like they feel no remorse for Cardiff. And it's, it's, that's what it's appearing like on the outside in. Like from a PR perspective, that's not a not a good look. And the um, PR and they didn't do much for Lester's chairman either. Yeah, so they really and, didn't. And it doesn't help when I think it was everyone was pretty pissed about the fact that like 
basically every club had to pay this guy's retirement fund. The guy who's the chair of the, the Premier League, who's like leaving. They, yeah. they gave him this ridiculous bonus. And so it just doesn't look good. It's just not a, not a great... But all that money should have gone to non-league. Yeah, it really should. And so, um, anyway, let's hop into this Watford review. Yeah, uh, so for the 12th consecutive season under Mike Ashley, we do not advance to the fifth round of the FA Cup. So Newcastle United lost to Watford at home 2 to nothing, um, in a pretty depressing pretty boring and pretty underwhelming performance overall. So we'll start it as we now always do. We ask you to describe the match in three words and we will read them on the podcast. And uh, somebody gave us a run for our money. It seems Elijah. Okay. Uh, Somebody called number one USA tune fan. Oh, okay. Now, (laughs) I mean, I don't know who you are. USA tune fan. Number one USA tune fan, but, we need to debate this. We need to make sure that you're really the number one because I might be and Elijah might be. So bold statement there, buddy. But he said, and I agree, Rafa shouldn't stay. <laughs> poor well, Rafa. Well, <laughs> poor, poor Rafa. Well, <laughs> like this weekend was like, like if it was one of those where it's like when people are like, "Hey God, show me a sign," and like they're just like ignoring the obvious signs of like, "Oh, maybe you should get out of this bad relationship," and then like this was like the weekend of just like if you believe in God, like God just throwing signs at Rafa, like, "Hey, this is not <laughs> meant for you at all. You should probably leave." I know there's some MLS teams interested. Uh, you might want to go to Spain again. Like th- it was oof. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see Rafa in Spain again. Just saying. I just want him to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, David Campbell at Dave83C. Same old shite. Um, the Exiled Jordies at NUFC underscore podcast. They have a pretty good uh, Twitter handle. We couldn't get that one. But they don't understand what the three words means. They just wrote poop. <laughs> Well, so, I mean, sometimes you three one word is better than none. Yeah, one word could be better than I, I, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and then Adam P. Tate, he said, "Who effing cares?" Okay, question mark at the end. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, and to to kind of build on Adam's point, that that wasn't the way it. Or that isn't the way it should be, but that the, that's the way it is. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. We're, I was going to ask you about I'm, that We're vomiting sometimes. Yeah, like it's not – it shouldn't be this way. It, should, it shouldn't be who cares. Like, oh, whatever, FA Cup, we need to survive. Like that's what we have now learned. It's like a learned feeling that we have. It's like, oh, it's the FA Cup, whatever. Like screw it. With, with any cup, EFL Cup, FA Cup. Yeah, but you know what's, what pe- people forget – and clearly, I th- think this would be more important of a competition to Mike Ashley because every round we advance, you the get club money. gets more money. So, but um, to be fair, you don't get as much money as you would just surviving the Premier League. No, 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 no. But but still, you do get more money. But you could be playing Shrewsbury, Millwall. There's a very a lot of favorable ties that you could have in the fifth round. So it's really unfortunate. I mean, we probably would have. T- drawn with man city or somebody but yeah our luck but you would have yeah really hoped to get in there 
I, I think here's the other thing, though, about the FA Cup is that I don't know why Mike Ashley wouldn't want all the free advertising that you get because there's additional TV games. They're all televised. Yep. And then, you know, you make it to Wembley. They do all these player features. And in the background, you get that nice big sports, sports direct sign. <laughs> Just, I don't know. I mean, you would imagine. Yeah, you would. Yeah. So let's get into it a bit here. So we had a pretty – so I guess our listeners were kind of right. We said a similar lineup to, to to what we showed up against Blackburn. So it was a little different, but pretty much the same idea. You had Woodman, and then you're, it was a, you had a back three of Clark, Lascelles, and Fernandez. And then you had Jacob Murphy, Richie, Hayden, Kennedy, oh, Mankio, and then um, Hasselu and our own Sean Longstaff. On the bench, you had Cher, Rondon, Perez, Lejeune, Yedlin, and Atsu. And Dubrovka was on the bench. So I'm not sure what happened to Nathan Harker, why he wasn't available. I know they've put him on the bench, but not a, not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. So just to go with how we started out, um, it was so Richie was a left wing back. Hayden and Longstaff were in the middle. Kennedy was a left forward. Murphy was a right forward, and Hasselu was in the center. So it was like a, essentially a three four three. Hasselu and and uh, sorry, uh, Murphy and Kennedy were a little behind Hasselu. So, but that's essentially how they started it out. Elijah, what's your give us your recap on all that? Um, I mean, so I I like the lineup. Um, and I think there was, I think people were a bit over ambitious because they were like, because Wofford basically put out a heavily rotated lineup. They made 11 changes. We made eight changes and people were like, we should smash this team. And I was like, I don't know. Cause like still the team we put out was not like an amazing team per se. There were still, you know, like we've said on this podcast a lot, there were still a lot of guys that wouldn't start on any other Premier League team. So, um it it was it was it was a good lineup for what we needed and it was like a safe lineup per se. Um Yeah. And you know, you there was some criticism from about selection and substitutions and there were some people who felt that maybe Rondon should have started because he would have given you a chance at advancing and it was like and the the thinking is that we're not going to score against Man City anyway, so why would you start Rondon? And I see both sides to that because part of me is like, yes, obviously there was plenty of chances Hosselu and bad touches Hosselu had where you just like Rondon wouldn't have had that touch. And then, then again, there's a lot of situations when we play these top six clubs where there's like a chance created that you know either someone else misses or Rondon barely misses or it's saved that's like only created because Rondon's in that role. So it's like, it's like a woulda, coulda, shoulda kind of thing. If you don't play Rondon against Man City, like it's like, all right, yes. The expectation is that we're probably not going to score, but if you look at the track record, it's pretty possible that we might've scored, or we had might have at least had a chance to score if Rondon's playing. So all in all, I wasn't really upset about the, the selection at all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way there. And, you know, I was just thinking about this when, you know, we, when I was seeing how they were kind of, I mean, they weren't really playing. And I, 
pretty much agree that the less that's talked about the for, about the first half is the better because it was really I mean Newcastle didn't even have a shot so <laughs> there's not much to report on the first half but I was thinking I was like you know say this stuck and and say everything worked out we survived and you know say everything's all as well in Newcastle except Mike Ashley's still there and Rafa stayed and we stayed up and we got some investment it would be interesting to to try to kind of go in like the time machine a little bit and bring like Remy Cabela, Hayden Menarfa, and Florian Tovan back in this formation. Because this mm-hmm. is very common in France, like fast wingers, left wing backs. This is what French players excel in. So and rather than the like kind of more old English style, like 4-4-2 or 4-2-3-1, like more defending and short passing. Like I'd love to see those guys in this formation. I think it would completely – we'd have a completely different outlook on how well two of them we all love hate them but um we would Remy be and, we'd be the french Florian. wolves yeah yeah essentially essentially because <laughs> the i mean let's face it friend france has a lot of really good wingbacks and wingers and especially attacking and just pacing. they also have a lot of good attacking midfielders <laughs> yeah it, like that this formation i i feel like if and for Ashley, I think it would be better because you can get those guys from like you can get Kenny Lala for under ten mil. So I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's true. Kenny Lala scored again, by the way. Um, so going to the second half, there really wasn't a lot going on it on at all. The one thing I wanted to mention is there was like a Hasalu I thought was dead. Oh yeah, dude. um i don't even really know what happened but like it it was a it was a foul on hasalu and by wilmot i think it was that fouled him and like i don't know he just wasn't looking good they were getting the subs up and then he just went off and came back on so must have been faking it um yeah, so that's the most notable thing that happened in the first hour of the match. So <laughs> I'm really, I'm really digging. So I, the first note is really the worst one, and it is one nothing Watford. So Hughes had a reverse pass in the area, which sent Andre Gray completely clear. Um, Lascelles tried to slide across to block him, but he put in a low shot into the net near post, and it went right underneath Woodman. So. Uh, that is one nothing Watford, Andre Gray. And for me, and I'd like to hear what you think, but for me, I thought that was it for me. Like I was like, yeah, they're done. They're not going to win. Like As soon as they scored that, I was like, yeah, give me a break. I, I legitimately thought, because <laughs> fun fact, I'm exposing Greg right now. Greg missed like the first like 20 minutes. Yeah, he didn't miss I anything. Did. Like, it was, it was, and granted, like it was like, like – what 7 a.m. when that match started where you were yeah. so rip yeah. um but yeah like i mean you weren't missing anything and it just looked like the first like 20 30 like neither team wanted to play and it seemed like whoever scored first was probably going to win and so yeah i was yeah, when you got- when they scored it was like yeah they're probably going to win and i was just like <laughs> kind of just waiting for the match to end and i was i was kind of upset that they scored again because I just was like, this game felt like a one nil game in the sense of like it was boring, and I just didn't want it to be give it that excitement of like, oh, this is too good. Two no, there's two good goals, and it was like, uh, 
it was a pretty boring game. Kind of sucked. Yeah, and yeah, I got caught up in uh, Las Vegas. We can say oh. the night before, but I, oh. I set my alarm and I just I was like I, I just fell back asleep and I woke up and it was like seven ten. I was like, yep, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know how Las Vegas is on Friday nights. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then shortly after, like six minutes after, or no, a little later, uh, it was our first chance of the match. Somewhere before 70 minutes, it was Javier Ben Kilo. Oh, <laughs> uh, hate him, Ben Kilo. I, <laughs> um, I, I admire anyway, him for this. Yeah, <laughs> Ben Kilo, he goes on a pretty wild run. From, from like right back and he beats two men on the dribble. This is Javier Minkio we're talking about. Beats two men on a dribble and then gets into the box and tries to lob the ball over Gomes, which he did. And then it, it, it didn't really get cleared off the line, but it was close. He, like he just didn't put enough, I don't know what to say, because mm. he lobbed it, but there was two defenders waiting there. So like it, it was a really good effort by him. And I think if you have a decent creative midfielder or a striker, that's a goal, but we had Javier Minkio. Thoughts? Yes? You agree? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's Javier Minkio, and like he dribbled, and I was like, oh, no, oh, no. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. All right. Hey, don't hate that. Um, that was like the best chance of the game for Newcastle. Yeah. Like, actually. Yep. No, it really was. Like, yeah, and, we're, we're not lying. And the in the 72nd minute, shortly after that, uh, Richie and Murphy were subbed off for Perez and Atsu. And then they switch it. Like, Kennedy went to left wing back, and Atsu was left attacking mid. Perez was right attacking mid. Um, and that did also nothing. Absolutely nothing again. And then, which was weird, I'm thinking, okay, Rondon has to come on. It's one nothing. We just subbed on Perez and Atsu. And then three minutes later, Fernandez gets subbed off for Cher. And I'm like, what? Like, we're surely this – what, are we going to put Cher – tell Cher to go on some runs again? I don't know. Yeah, we're 1-0 down at home, and you have your best striker on the bench. And, you and, and mind you, like – there has been players who played way worse that should have been subbed off. Like Jacob Murphy was bad. Kennedy was woeful. And it was like all the subs were just like, none of these make sense. So. Yep. Yep. And then uh, we had actually Perez had a chance. So um, 89th minute. And this is just before Watford's second goal. Uh, Kennedy curled across from the left side, and it was just over the top of Hasselu's head, but the ball landed to Perez. He had to chest it down, and he kind of sliced the shot and just goes right over the bar. It was pretty close uh, to hitting the bar, but that was our second chance. And then literally a minute later, 2 nothing, Isaac success. Yep. 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 That was it. We failed to advance to the fifth round for since 2006. It was woeful. It was very boring to watch. And it was upsetting to have a headache watching this so early in the morning. 
Um, and I couldn't imagine for those poor fans that also were there with headaches. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Graham. Yeah, man. Just, it's tough. always nice to shout him out. <laughs> yeah, always, always nice. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't think – I mean, you. I said that we were going to win, but I don't think either one of us was expecting a win. I think it was as yeah, boring I, I as – Yeah, one loss. And I think someone put it pretty swiftly where, like, they kind of said – and I didn't agree with the their mentality, but they were like, it should be pleasant to see a game that, like – and this is like what you're saying, kind of the wrong thing with the mentality in the club where it's like, it was, it's nice to see a game that like you can just kind of enjoy and not be worried about like what's going to happen if we lose this match in terms of like the table and like worry about like, Oh, well, how's Southampton doing? How's Cardiff doing? It's just like, you can just watch the match and like the result happens and like, that's it, which was kind of like the end of Newcastle season last season where I was like, all right, we pretty much secured well, we, it wasn't pretty much. It was we had secured safety, and it was like, all right, we can just kind of go by, and every match was just like, all right, cool, let's see what we can do. And that's what made the end of the last season so enjoyable and what makes every single one of our league matches so dreadful uh, so far, where it's like yeah. every single match, it's like, all right, we need something from this match. If we don't get something, if we can't find a single positive from this match, then it's like you feel like we're getting relegated. Like, the only thing that gets people through those matches where it's like we've lost 2-0 to Man City is that just knowing that, like, oh, Cardiff's going to get smashed 5-0. And then you got to, like, think about, all right, well, what does that mean when we play Tottenham? What about Wolves? Is that a winnable match? Blah, blah, blah. And it's annoying. So it's nice to have this match where it's like, yeah, we lost. And, yes, it sucks being knocked out of the FA Cup. But at least, like, I don't have the deal with the anxiety that comes with oh what if this was a 2-0 loss against Watford during the season so yeah good for us I guess in that regard so going to some quotes Rafa said this was a strong team strong enough I think we could have won that we didn't do it means that maybe we need something more if we want to go through and then try to challenge for this competition we did what we had to do we tried and we couldn't that's it Obviously, we're disappointed. We made a couple of mistakes and conceded two goals in a game that was even and could have gone either way. You have to create chances to score goals, but in this game, you cannot say we were much worse than them. We just have to realize that we cannot go through. We cannot go through with this team. It means we have to now concentrate on the league. We have 15 games now to play, and we have to be sure everyone is focused and no distractions. I'm I am a professional. So I'm convinced that we will do what we have to do, and in the end, we will stay up. But we have to concentrate and then be sure that we do the right things. Yep. How's that? Uh, on some possible new signings, he said, it's important to have new faces, but we will see what happens. I said I wouldn't talk about the transfer window. Anything close? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Um, some stats for you. Uh, I mentioned that, you know, Mike Ashley hasn't seen a fifth round of the FA Cup. Um, and we have just, we've won one out of our last 10 Premier League FA Cup ties that we've played in. That's really the stats that I have for you. Woo! All right. So, who's your worst player? Elijah Tunson. I think it's Kennedy because there hasn't been a match this season where Kennedy's looked good. 
Like, at least with Jacob Murphy, which I think could be the other candidate, in my opinion, like with Jacob Murphy, there's been some matches and some genuine moments of like, okay, I can see the idea. The ideas are there. Maybe the quality's not there. And some matches where it's like, the ideas are there, the quality's there. Like, he's just the only guy working his butt off on the pitch. But with Kennedy, it seems like he just doesn't want to be here and he doesn't yeah. want to give his all. And it's just annoying that he's getting uh, minutes. And I can see why Rafa wants to bring in another winger because at least if you bring in someone else, like they're going to have the ambition to want to try. And it kind of goes back to what that Lazio manager was saying about Lukaku. He was like, I want players in my team who want to actually be here and want to play. So, like, I don't know. That That is frustrating to see how bad Kennedy's been. Um, but yeah, that's one guy I have. Who, who's one of the guys you have as being? Yeah, like, I mean, I think it's obviously Kennedy. Mm-hmm. But to, to, I guess I'll just add a, another player, and that player is Freddie Woodman. Okay, I was gonna say the same thing. The first goal was completely his fault. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. Like, there's no excuses. That's your near post. He was right there, and he yeah. just did not. He could not make that save, and it wasn't a difficult shot. But yeah, no, that's, he also that's completed less than fifty percent of his passes. Oof. Not good. That's awful. That's really bad. Uh, but, yeah, you pretty much summed it up. I mean, what I was going to say about Freddie, you said, and Kennedy, I think he was the obvious choice there. I'll start with my best player. Mm-hmm. And this is my first time saying he is our best player, by the way. Okay. And it's who you think I'm probably going to say. It's Sean Longstaff. Oh, I thought you were going to say Javier Mankiw. But okay. <laughs> no, actually, if you said – if you were going to shout Kennedy and Woodman, I was going to say Mankiw was the worst. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Um, he was also close to that 50% mark of passing. Yeah. Um, so is Jacob Murphy. <laughs> but you know who wasn't? You know who had the highest passing success on the entire team? Who? That's Sean Longstaff. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He also got his first Premier League yellow card. So congrats to Sean for that. We like whoa, tough whoa, guys whoa, at Newcastle. Whoa. Not a Premier oh. League yellow card. Yeah, first team yellow card is first team, first FA Cup yellow card. Yeah, first, yeah. So um, I, I just think he was great. He was completely solid. He's his composure is definitely unnatural for somebody of his age, and I think he's just comfortable on the ball and not afraid. So I think it's really paying dividends, and he's like kind of playing with that "what do I have to lose" mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like it. I think he's been our top four player in every match he's been in. Yeah. I think it's comfortable to say that. So I, I hope he gets more minutes. I think he deserves it. Absolutely. And I'm so happy that I'm finally at a point where I can say like Sean Longstaff is starting for Newcastle United. It's so cool. And he's doing very well. So congrats yeah. to him. And, uh, and yeah, I agree. I think it's been cool to see him progress, um, especially since, Greg's been an advocate for Sean for a while. I don't know. If anyone's a reader, they'd know Greg is like our youth expert. So we've been reading about the the plights of Sean for a year or so now. So it's been cool to see um, him actually start and play well. And like you say, like you said, he plays with like, I don't have anything to lose. Like, I know that like, this is just an opportunity and I'm just taking my opportunities match by match and he he and that's what's made him the difference um yeah. i guess the player want to i want to give a shout out to two players um who i think have played very consistently when called upon and i'll say one is kieran clark who hasn't played a lot this season but the past couple of matches especially his fa cup matches he's been very solid 
He hasn't really made any mistakes. Um, he's kind of just doing what's asked of him. And at this point, especially with the performance like that, um, that that reserves that deserves some recognition. And um, also Matt Ritchie, he may not always put in you know the best performance in terms of like stats on paper, but time and time again, there is literally no one on the pitch who's working harder than him. And I think that kind of holds true for literally every single match that I've seen him in this season. Like he has been the hardest working player um, on, on the pitch. So just, I think those would be kind of my two other best players or guys who just deserve some recognition. Neither one of them really had made any particular play that had a ridiculous impact. It was weird to see Richie subbed off. I honestly think at that point he was subbed off just for legs, but, um, but yeah, especially having playing a completely new position, um, being a right winger and now playing left wing back. So Shout out to him. Um, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Kieran Clark, yeah. too. So good good on them. Yeah, good shouts for sure. Uh, let's transition. Let's look at the Premier League table as we're getting into it. We have a match on Tuesday. It is wonderful. 17th place, Newcastle United against second place, Manchester City. Manchester City has 56 points, which is only, you know, 35 points more than us. Mm. Uh, the difference is more is more points than we currently have by 14. Jeez. The difference is 14 points higher than our total. That's that's where we're at as a club compared to them. So Liverpool's at the top, and then it's Man City. Man City is obviously feeling a little bit of pressure. They have the highest goal difference in the Prem, but they're four points behind Liverpool. So this is a this is every match is a big match at this point for them. Same for us because we are only two points above the relegation zone. But a win could put us as high as 14th. So hoping for that. (laughs) Um, Cardiff, Fulham, and Huddersfield wrap up the bottom three. Huddersfield, and I don't know what they're going to (laughs) do. I don't know. It's RIP in peace. Yeah, rip in peace of them. Yeah. Um, Let's get into our preview for Man City. Uh, I'll start with the last match, and then right after that, I'm just going to briefly mention Elijah, and then I want you to kind of go on a little soapbox for us about the the protests that are being planned for Tuesday. Yeah. You have some interesting thoughts. It's, I think, I think everyone should listen seriously to what he has to say and understand it. And, Hopefully, you can make a difference by okay. this podcast alone. Oh, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Um, so, we'll just start with the, the last match first. Uh, Manchester City beat Newcastle 2-1. to one. This was on September 1st. And it was honestly a pretty good match for Newcastle. We only had 22% of the possession and only three shots, but two shots were on target and one was a goal. Um, compared to 24 shots by Manchester City. But we bunkered. I mean, we bunkered the entire time. Uh, Manchester City scored with Kyle Walker and and uh, Sterling. Sterling was our absolute nemesis in this one. I don't think anybody could stop him. Or uh, it was between. It was essentially Aguero, Walker, and Sterling. Were like we just couldn't hold down. Who Aguero and, historically has really good games against Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. He he had four shots. 
and he completed 95% of his passes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, but we got the thing, too, because remember, we bunkered down, and they just, like, kind of took passes. Yeah. It. yeah. So it is skewed. I don't think anybody – I'm looking uh, – okay, one person had under 80% pass rate. Two. Two players had under 80%, <laughs> which is unheard of. Um, and then on Newcastle side, Dubrovka was the man of the match for yeah. sure. Oh, but gosh. Do you remember who scored? Oh, it was Jacob Murphy with a chip. No. I thought that was the match where he had the chip goal. No. Who scored? DeAndre Edlin. Oh, yeah, he did. That was his first yeah. Newcastle goal. Yeah. What was the game where Jacob Murphy scored the chip? Was that Chelsea? That might have been Chelsea. Because I think yeah. it was like 2-1 or something. Yeah. Yep. So, Yedlin was the scorer. He also had a really good day on the ball. And, yeah. So, that is essentially the match. Um, this might be interesting, though, because I, I wouldn't say Matt Ritchie is going to have a – because – well, does Sterling play on the right or the left for Man City? Um, Sterling, I don't. He might play on the left. Let me see what he did here. Hang on. Um, I just got out of it too. Rip. Yep. Come on, come on, come on. Tell us a joke. Um. You're putting me on the spot here. I don't. I don't really know any jokes. I just say a lot of random things that occur to me in the moment. So, what's the random thing that occurred to you in this moment? Oh well, well, you know how like when you <laughs> you you like ride a roller coaster and it feels like your stomach's gonna like pop, like like fall, like your stomach's like falling out of your your body, kind of thing, like that weird G four stuff. I wonder if anyone's like actual intestines or organs have been like reorganized because of a a roller coaster. That okay. is what I'm thinking you about are, right now. That is random. Yeah. Uh Sterling's on the left. <laughs> okay. So that, he, that worked out perfect. Okay. Uh, Mares was on the right, Silva in the middle, and it was Aguario and Jesus up top. So it'll be Sterling versus Yedlin. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well and that's what it say was. Maybe that's what it was in the first match too yeah okay so i guess it'll be the same <laughs> and both scored <laughs> yeah so um cool cool and you know who was awful uh i say perez definitely well that is true and actually i think he might have been our worst player i'm looking at the who scored ratings and yeah he was our worst rated player that game but uh kennedy also yeah, Kennedy was woeful. Kennedy, <laughs> I, I honestly, I'm at the point where I don't think Kennedy should be starting. Yeah, like yeah. Well, you could say that with a few people, but but I, the thing I, is, I like, I mean, but and, and that's given the fact that like you could argue that like Matt Ritchie, not, mm, even then, you could argue that none of our wingers would start anywhere in the Premier League. So, yeah. so that that's the that's the floor of this conversation. And we're, I'm saying the guy from Chelsea shouldn't be starting. Anyway. Yep. Um, all right. So going into injuries, the Mendy is injured. Bravo is injured. And Captain Vincent Company is injured. Um, so don't expect to see them. I will say, so for their FA Cup, they absolutely dominated Burnley. Was it 5-0? Yeah, 5-0. Yeah. Um, and they didn't play with Laporte, Silva, Sané, and Sterling. They were all out. 
And Aguero came off the bench. Yeah. And, they brought Aguero uh, off the bench in like the 70th minute and he scored. Yeah, so they're all going to play. All those guys are going to play. Yeah. And then, so I, I was trying to find up stats, stats for this. <laughs> um, so I do have something at least. Newcastle holds the edge against Man City when it comes to head-to-head results. Yeah, have, Man City used to be yeah, terrible. I know. <laughs> yeah, we have 71 of the 178 meetings, and City have won 68. So we're holding on. But but recent history is uh, kind of chopping up that statistic. We haven't beaten Manchester City in the league since 2005. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. And their form is way better than us. So, what do you think is going to happen here, Elijah? Do you think we line up in a 3-4-3? I think we do, but it's going to be called a 5-4-1 or an 0-0-11. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I'm actually very curious to see what Rafa does at center back because I think he's in a situation where you want to play your best players, but – your captain is not your best center back. No. Like, your best three center backs are Cher, Lejeune, and Fernandez. Yep. So, I would I, – this, this will test, you know, Rafa, I think, because I think the formation works well, but I think the weakest link in the back line over the, with this formation, and it's been consistent the past, like, four or five times we've played it, has been uh, Jamal Ocells. So – I'd be interested to see if he plays. Um, other than that, I think I, I'm not expecting Dummett and Shelby to be back. Um, so I think they might be back for Tottenham. But I would imagine Richie's going to play left wing back. Um, maybe Atsu and Perez are out there. Maybe Murphy and Perez. It doesn't matter who it is. Neither one of them is going to be great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yedlin's going to play right back. Uh, and I think we'll have a little bit more long staff in the middle with Hayden. Um, and uh, Rondon up top. So I think that's going to be the Newcastle lineup. I'm just very – I just want, I'm, I think that's going to be the only interesting point is to see if we get the three best center backs playing or if we get Jamal Lascelles plus two other good center backs. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I agree. Let's, I'll just say that. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm good. I'm good with it. I want to see Longstaff. Longstaff's going to score a 55 yard banger. From literally I would love middle. Longstaff to get a, <laughs> in this. Yeah, yeah I mean, and I wouldn't awesome. be surprised because it'll just be like I think he'll try a long shot and it might work out. Yeah, but yeah. Um. Okay, so I said you were going to go in a soapbox, and okay. then we passed through it. So here we oh, go. It, it works out perfectly because essentially, like, no one cares about the Man City match in terms of, like, results. Like, I think yeah. everyone's chalking this down as a loss. I, the only reason I think many people are interested in this Man City match from a Newcastle standpoint is the fact that there is not one, not two, but three protests going on. Um, and so it's been a bit ridiculous. Um, there's, like I said, an article written about it, but basically the Magpie group are doing a sit-in a- after the match. Um, and then United against Ashley uh, announced that <laughs> they were doing they, – they encouraged fans to either buy gold coins, chocolate coins, uh, pink 
rubber pigs, or tennis balls to throw on the pitch after the 12th minute. Um, so, and that was very unorganized. And it was literally like, I put it in the article. You can literally see them coming up with this idea on Twitter. Like they just, like the inception of the idea to the very end. And they actually announced their legitimate plan today, their actual protest. Um, and they still, I asked them on Twitter, they're still planning on having people throw coins, but their actual protest is that they've got a, uh, rival, um, Rival company of Sporting Direct, I think DW Sport, and they're they're handing out forty thousand flyers to fans um, before the match, um, which is actually a really good idea. And there's going to be instructions on when to hold up the flyer. And basically, on national television, uh, international television, we'll see um, this DW Sport advertisement essentially <laughs> um, in uh, in, in Mike Ashley's. Um, home of advertisement so it's the ultimate fu and then additionally um they encourage people to go and sit in so my big thing is that so um over the course of the weekend because it started with united against ashley um united against ashley announcing their coin slash tennis ball slash pig protest um and it's continued on throughout this day there's been a lot of people who've just been like ragging on everyone protesting and like people who are not protesting and it's just been like super divisive as a fan base like we're not united and i think the protest groups have done their their kind of part like even though it seemed like on the on the surface level they weren't really working together but it seems like they've actually formulated this plan and they're working together to create a maximum amount of disruption on this one at certain points so fair play to them but as a fan base it doesn't seem like we're united there's still people who are trying to push for a boycott. There's still people insulting anyone who wants to, who even mentions the word boycott. There's people making fun of United against Ashley. There's people making fun of the Magpie group. And I think my simple message is that, like, let people do what they want to do. Like, if you want to protest, you protest, but there's no reason for you to insult how other people choose to protest. There's no reason for you to insult people who don't choose to protest. And there's no reason for you who's not protesting to go after and insult the guys who are protesting. Like at least they're going out there and doing something and trying to enact change. And on the other side, you're not a terrible person. Like you can't make fun of people who want to still go to matches. Like obviously they don't like Mike Ashley, but at the end of the day, it's their club. It's their money. It's their ticket. They do what they want to do with it. And I think there's been a lot of people just attacking left and right, all sides just attacking each other. And it doesn't bode well at all for anything. And it just ends in utter chaos. So um, that's just my simple thing. Oh, and last thing, there was a poll put out. (laughs) And I mentioned this in our Slack chat, and it's the worst possible thing I've ever heard about doing a pitch invasion. Do not do a pitch invasion. That is the tackiest thing. And it's never going to don't judge people for how they want to protest. Yes. But that's also dangerous. (laughs) It's literally like dangerous. (laughs) That's like you're putting people in danger and that's just going to make the whole fan base look bad. But yeah, I don't know. That's just my quick little soapbox. It should be interesting to see what happens. And like I said, I genuinely think, and this is, I've honestly way more excited for the potential protests than the actual match itself. Like I, it'd be cool to get a point, but realistically I'm expecting us to lose two nil. And I'm expecting to see a lot of coverage on this protest or protest plural. So we'll see. I'm excited. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go ahead and put in my prediction. I say 
Newcastle lose 3-1. Okay. I'm going to say Newcastle lose 2 nothing. I don't think we'll score. Yeah, you just said that. Though. Oh, okay. I just wanted to reiterate that I don't think we'll <laughs> score. Because I've, I've been super ambitious lately. Sean Longstaff with the goal. Yeah, and one I said Chong Longstaff would score, but then I've also I also said we would score like, and I think we just haven't ever since I said that. So um, I said it last week. It's like, oh, Newcastle will get a goal. <laughs> we'll win two one, and that didn't happen. So yeah. So going to just a little bit of stats uh, from five thirty eight, they have the numbers up for our match against Man City. So. Newcastle have a 9% chance of winning against Manchester City. Um, a 17% chance of drawing and a 74% chance of losing. How do you feel? Think that's fair? Yeah. I mean, I think we should have a 3% chance of winning. 9% seems a little high. Yeah. Um, it's actually the third lowest percentage. There's two teams that have a lower percent chance of winning, and that's Cardiff against Arsenal and Leicester against Liverpool. Wow. Interesting Leicester. Is it at Anfield? Is that why? Yeah. And it's yeah. Uh, Leicester has a 3% chance to win and a 10% chance to draw. Yeah. Okay. I'll, um, take, I'll right. take it. So let's get to our questions, which happen to be sponsored by Fubo TV. Mm-hmm. If you were in America, America, if you're in Canada, okay, well, bless you because yeah. you get yeah. the coolest sports, etc., streaming service that you could ever come across. And just by a nice little click of a button that we link to our podcast, you get access to all this wonderful stuff, especially if you're. Like, I mean, if you're in New England and you like watching SoCal football, <laughs> you can do that by Fuo TV because yeah. the Pac-12 isn't always showing those games. And the times are weird too, but um, you could make that happen though. It's true. Completely easy. So, so you should sign up. And we like – you guys sign up because that makes Fubo TV like us, and therefore we'll get more ads. Yeah, and also I have a new food sponsor for us that I haven't tried yet, but Whataburger. They they yeah. live they're across the street from me, like next to Chick Fil A. So I'll come in with a review next pod. I'll try them out, see if it's worth the hype. All right. So and they might they might join on as an unpaid sponsor in addition to Chick Fil A. Love it. All right, so let's get into our questions. We have a few of them. Uh, The first one by Fake Bristol Jordy. Um, You can find him at NUFC UNE 14ST. Wow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Getting real creative with the Twitter handles. Yeah, and he said, why do you choose Newcastle as the team to support are you now regretting it? <laughs> and then David Campbell also uh, followed up below, said, yes, I wanted to ask this. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to? Uh, I mean, I can go first. Essentially, I saw a match, CSA scored, and I saw the fans. I was like, oh, I like it, and I want to be a part of it. And also, in America, everyone's fans of, like, what do you say, Greg, five teams? Yeah. Um, Man yeah, U, sure. Liverpool, Arsenal. You got some Tottenham guys. 
Um, yeah, there are, there's a lot now. Yeah, there's Spurs way more Tottenham are, guys now. Are everywhere, yeah. And then you got a few Man City people. And so I knew – oh, and Chelsea, duh. Yeah. There's a lot of Chelsea fans. Um, so I knew that, like – and this was, like, during high school. And I had a lot of friends playing soccer. I was playing soccer. And so we all had teams. And I knew that I wanted a, I wanted a team that was going to be different from everyone else. And so I saw Cissé and his brilliance, and I saw fans um, – and how excited they were. And I was just like, I want to be a part of that fan, fan base. And my fandom grew exponentially when I started writing for Coming Home Newcastle um, right before we got relegated. <laughs> so my timing was insane. Yeah. Um, all right. So I was born in Delaware in a county called Newcastle County. So it started kind of by that. What I really started getting into to Newcastle United in 2004, I think, um, and I had we had a like a an exchange student from England over, and he was a Newcastle fan, and we kind of made a deal. He said, "I will get you into the Premier League if you get me into baseball," because I I played baseball at the time, and he was a soccer player, so we made that exchange. So we would wake up on Saturdays and start watching. He told me, he's like, don't, you don't have to pick a team. Just watch the matches and you'll find yourself starting rooting for someone. And I'm being from Philadelphia, like crazy atmospheres, um, raucous crowd environments. So I was already drawn to Newcastle one, because I lived in Newcastle County and two, because their fans are nuts. So I was immediately hooked and as painful as it is, I don't regret it for a second. Oh, I would, I wouldn't hundred percent don't regret it. No, yeah, wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, um, and I think part of it, I don't. Part of the reason I don't regret it is because I was able to find this community and coming up Newcastle, and like find a group of guys that I really enjoy. And for one part, we thought Nikki was a girl, but that's a whole different thing. But it's been yeah. really cool because I've made some really, some really cool friends, some new friends, um, like Greg and like Ben, and like Brian and Mirza and be able to like um one work on a skill that like I didn't really want to work on because I never felt like I needed to work on it and that's writing and so it's been cool to like see myself grow and improve as a writer because like the first articles I wrote for coming on Newcastle compared to like the stuff that I'm putting out now is just like night and day so it's been cool to find that part of the community and that part of like being a Newcastle fan and get afforded some opportunities that, like, I simply wouldn't if I was a fan of any other team. So that's been cool to see as well. Yeah, and I also say Newcastle more than most is loyalty is is one of the biggest things. Like, you don't see people just dropping off and not no longer supporting Newcastle. Like, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, like, they'll cancel the season support. ticket, but they will. Well, yeah, but they're support. still going to watch every match. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's just how it is. So I, I love it. I, I wouldn't change it. It's – yeah, it's depressing, especially being in a different continent and, you know, no local affiliation to the club, but when your your heart's hooked, so. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> there's there's people who have it worse. There's people who yeah. have it worse because at least yep. Greg has, like, some winning teams. Chris McGlynn, poor him. You heard his voice before. He's a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, a Syracuse fan, which is, like, okay, and a Jets fan, so – like and a Newcastle fan, so like right now his life is pretty much a pit of despair. Yeah. So, 
And next question. Yeah, that's yeah. Next question from One Lost Muffin. Make oh, another appearance. The goat. Said, How do you get rid of Mike Ashley? Can we Photoshop him shaking hands with ISIS? He needs to go. Fast. <laughs> so we can. We yeah, that's a hundred percent. Actually, we should. I can do that right now. Yeah, somebody should. We should tweet out a Photoshop picture of him and ISIS. That would be amazing. Um, my recommendation for getting rid of him would be for somebody to buy the club. So <laughs> that's that's the most straightforward legal answer that I can give. So like somebody do it. Like pony up. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Jeff Bezos, where are you? I mean, Deloitte just literally wrote an article saying we're the top 20 richest clubs in the world. Come on, (laughs) y'all. Somebody just buy us. Yeah. Do you have another way? Or a Um, more illegal way? I mean, I would say we can get Liam Neeson involved, but I don't know if that's legal. Mm, Yeah. I feel like if Liam Neeson tells you to do something, you're not going to, like, not do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, next question from Anthony. Uh, he has a, a lot of numbers in his, so it's Anthony at Anthony six, eight, one, nine, seven, six, five, one. Uh, he said, should the boycott move state size? And he gave some examples, uh, okay. not, not buying from the club store, not watching games, et cetera. Um, the boycott stateside wouldn't. Yes. I, I know. I know people myself included who now don't buy from the club store. Um, yeah. I don't like we, and you know, that's actually a, a sacrifice because we can't get the kit until like it's a half a year old because we don't buy from the club store. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it, it shows up in the U S like now, like we'll start seeing it in February. I bet. Yeah. World soccer shop. Yeah. That's a, that's a place, but uh, boy, got it. Not watching it on TV wouldn't make much of a difference because we just don't have a big enough fan base. Um, so, like for instance, if we were playing Chelsea and we boycotted, or say we boycotted not watching this Man City match, enough people will be watching to where like nobody would even notice that U.S. Newcastle United fans aren't watching. Does that, I, am I explaining that well enough? Does that make sense? Yeah, and additionally, the way the TV deal is with the American team, it just like. The money's already paid. It's, the money's already paid. Yeah, it, yeah it, and like he's already getting his cut. So like that that way it doesn't work. Now I understand supporting boycott efforts being stateside. Um, one way to do this, and and this is something that I really do enjoy, and I think that like people should get more into it, is simply by donating to some of these groups. And I mean, it doesn't have to be a protest group, but if you want to get involved as an American with like good things going on with the club. Like, please donate to the NUFC Food Bank because, like, they're always asking for donations. And, um, you know, they're a good cause. And we've reached out to them and I've tweeted out their donation links a couple of times. But yeah, that's a way to get involved. And the same thing, too. Like, I know that if you really want to get involved with some of these protest groups, you can donate to Lisa's Flags, you can donate to the Magpie group, all that kind of stuff, and yeah. still be a part of enacting change. Um, yeah, in the distance. But Anthony, if you do have any ideas, any other ideas that you're thinking of, we'd love to to be able to help if we could. I know it's it's just obviously, I, and Anthony, you might even be stateside. I don't I don't know, but um, if if anybody thinks of a way that we could help with a boycott or something, because we want change, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it, just you know, being in a different continent makes things hard to enact change. 
So and and it's it's not can. impossible either because with the Ashley Out movement that occurred years ago, there was an American wing of that that was very active on Twitter and very active in terms of like planning and implementing yeah. stuff. So it's not impossible. No. All right, and the last question that we have from the official questionnaire of CHN Radio, Trevor Mooney, he says, what's more likely to happen before the Thursday deadline? Number one, Newcastle sign a Premier League quality player. Number two, Greg completes a full marathon running backwards. Or three, Elijah gets called into the U.S. men's national team to replace Michael Bradley. Oh, fair play to Michael Bradley, though. He had an amazing game tonight. So, yeah, at that, at that six? Playing yeah. the six, spraying the ball around. Oh, you mean you mean playing the role he's supposed to be playing that he just <laughs> hasn't been playing the past? Tre- Tre- <clears throat> Trevor was saying, like, he was surprised. I, uh, he was texting me during the match. I wasn't able to watch most of it. Um, but he, he was saying that he kind of liked that role from him, too. So I know you all think on the same page there. And also, uh, give another shout out to Trevor. He to Brookwood High School. If you are know, around in Georgia, oh, Trevor yeah. went to Brookwood. But two Brookwood High School player or alumni played for the U.S. Men's National Team today. Goalie and a center back, and the center back scored. Okay, I didn't. Oh yeah, Walker Zimmerman is from Georgia. I yeah, Trevor played on the same high school team as him. That's Trevor crazy. Knows, Trevor knows Walker very well, and that's a shot. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to. Shout that out. But you did. Whatever, but it's already been done. It's done. Can't even, we can't edit it out. It's been yeah. done. Uh, so Trevor's like essentially a celebrity. Um, <laughs> so what do you think? What, what's more likely to happen? Um, I think what's most likely to happen is that I complete a full marathon running backwards. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Newcastle signed a Premier League player. Just saying. Premier, Premier League quality player. Quality yeah. is a very important word in that sentence. I still think it's going to happen. Okay, is Andre Samaras? I don't a, think it's Samaras. I'm just saying I might have some intel. Almiron? I don't know. Almiron would obviously be considered a, a Premier League quality player. I'm just saying that there was some, some, some information leaked to me. That could be favorable. Wait, why do we have a podcast if you don't release information no it's nothing serious dude there it's the same old same old like his family members are following newcastle on instagram and like people are dming me that and it's like oh yeah i know people people were crazy because his wife or his girlfriend followed newcastle and well she followed the hashtag newcastle yeah which is even worse like at least now we've got like family members following the club and unfollowing atlanta united um but I'll say this about but Amra. She also like followed London and England, like those hashtags. So it's like, yeah. okay, like, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't yeah. mean much. But yeah, I'll say this about um about that whole situation. Um, and this is something. This is not my own opinion. This is something Roberto brought up to me, though. He was saying that perception-wise, if Miguel's not sold, it could be bad for. Atlanta in terms of them trying to get future like from them to them trying to get South Americans to play for their team because it's going to appear as if they're like holding out and not letting these guys move on when it was clear from the get-go that this was supposed to be like a temporary thing and Miguel was supposed to get sold 
and yeah. to, from Atlanta. It, it's just like something I really didn't think about, but I don't think it's going to have any effect on like if this deal actually happens. I just thought that was something interesting. Yeah. I just, I just want to well, have blind faith that this club can get something done. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we have four days. If something does happen, we'll we'll get a quick pot out for you. Um, but I, I will say until then, that concludes our Curtis Good episode, number 38. Rest in peace, Curtis. He's not dead. He's just gone. He's yeah, gone. Clarification. Um, and uh, guys, I, I hope you have a great I, I mean, you're probably listening to this on a Monday or Tuesday morning, and I hope it's a great day for you. I hope Newcastle surprises the world, and I, I know Elijah feels the same way. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, regardless, the next time Greg and I record, like Newcastle would have done something, either disappointing or like really great, because the next like what, we're going to probably record it what Thursday, and that'll be the transfer deadline. Deadline day. Yeah. So. Um, it'll be a crazy episode because it'll be either something really cool and it'll be like a double episode where it's just like transfers and then there'll be like a separate episode that's like the actual preview or it's going to be really depressing and it'll be just like this one. So uh, <laughs> something will happen. Yep, there we go. Pretty well, stuff from us there. I hope y'all have a great time doing what you're doing and away the lads. I got two black eyes and a broken nose and gathered to bleed in reason.
quite moody. Coffee Johnny had a white hat on, they yelled, we stole the cuddy. There were spice dolls and monkey shows, and they had white selling ciders. And a chip of a hot and he's owned the butchers, and no more lads for riders. Oh, no. 